Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. Today, I'm delighted to bring you our first ever podcast live episode. If you've been with us since the beginning, you may remember our popular first episode, Legally Connected, with guests Nicola Ruber and Oliver Haddock. I'm delighted that they are joining us once again for this very special live episode to mark the one-year anniversary of the Legally Speaking podcast. Nicola is now the council member for the Law Society and co-junior vice president and chair for the Education and Training Committee at the Westminster and Holborn Law Society. Ollie is the founder and chair of the London Young Professionals Network and the current chair of the London Young Lawyers Group. So a very, very warm welcome back both. It's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Everyone is super eager to hear your advice on how to keep networking during a pandemic. And before we go through all of that, would either of you like to change or update your initial scores that you gave out of 10 for suits? Coming to you first, Ollie. I want to just clarify my first answer. It's not updating. I just think people got the wrong impression. I gave an extraordinarily high figure. I think I actually said 10. It isn't realistic. Obviously, it isn't realistic. I think a point I made to you separately. The one thing that really lets you know it isn't real is that you don't see a single piece of paper on any of their desks. So it obviously isn't realistic. I think the question I was answering, which maybe I heard wrong, was how much do you love it? I enjoy the show. I think mean, it's great. A bit of escapism in it, rather than reality for me. So I'm sticking my answer, but clarifying. <laughs> Fair enough. And how about you, Nicola? Are you sticking with your answer? Yeah, I think we were giving our answers a little bit tongue-in-cheek because can you even compare it to real life? <laughs> so for the dream aspect, I will uh, uphold. <laughs> You'll uphold. Good stuff. Well, today we are going to be talking all about our favourite topic, networking, particularly even more so during a pandemic. But it would just be good to learn a little bit more about your current situation. So Nicola, you're now a member of the Westminster and Holborn Law Society. Tell us more about that and what that particularly involves and why you wanted to get involved with it. Yeah, so as I was coming towards the end of being chair of London Young Lawyers Group, people saying I'm looking for something to do next, still wanted to be involved in the same things, but recognised that as I go through my career, I needed to move perhaps into a slightly different group. So I'm still sitting with the London Young Lawyers Group as immediate partner. So that's about looking at the local law societies. So Westminster and Haven, part of central London. I work in Westminster, so I naturally investigated a little bit more. The president at the time, Laura Uberite, swapped some emails and she introduced me to some committee chairs. So it's slightly different in structure in that you have the main board and then you have the subcommittees. So you have education and training, you have equality, diversity and inclusion. You have international laws. There's different kind of sections that are like special interest groups. And I joined the education and training and quickly became chair of that because their chair was outgoing. And you can't just be a committee member, can you? You have to. You just <laughs> I know. Always, are you always aiming for the top? 
I didn't mean to. I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> had all these great events and we had this meeting where we said all the things we wanted to do and obviously then COVID came along and we changed tracks and what. And then during my time doing that, I was kindly put forward by the president, Carolina, who's now immediate past president, to join. Actually, we've just, in our meeting, just finished now, I've changed my job title. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. To your deputy vice president. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thanks for, for sharing that. And Ollie, you're now the chair of the London Young Lawyers Group. How has the LYLG had to adapt to the current situation during recent weeks and months? Massively. I mean, we are in theory, a in-person events organisation. That's what we've always been. You know, certainly we we have added elements. We run a mentor scheme and all that sort of thing. But we're an in-person events organisation. So yeah, we had to pivot. I hope a lot of you, anyone listening, has seen that we're doing a lot more on the social media now. We've run Zoom events, although admittedly, I think we're all agreeing there's a bit of Zoom fatigue around, quite understandably. We've changed. We are really thinking about how we can continue offering value to our members and how we can reach our members and our following because we all used to love the get-togethers and we missed them desperately. But yeah, we've had to change and adapt and quite successfully. You know, our following continues to grow. I hope we're still offering real value in terms of the educational side, the mentoring side. So yeah, we've adapted relatively well, all things considered. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think you both, Nicola and Ollie, are doing a great job with your societies. And I know typically you would run lots of events, as you say, which are particularly helpful from a networking perspective. We never did quite get to do the famous boat party. So you have had to change. But for people maybe tuning in, give us an idea of some of the online events you have been doing during the pandemic and what you may have in the pipeline. So Ollie, then I'll come to you, Nicola. Yeah, so a big one, hitting the things I just talked about, we've had a few sort of educational seminars. A lot of the barrister chambers have been really good at staying involved on that front. We ran a really successful mentoring event, just to name two. We had Chrissy and we had Justin Farrant, who has an offer of uh, Grow Mentoring, which everyone knows about now. And they're running some amazing events. So we had a great panel for that. Huge, huge interest. And the mentoring side has really kicked off. And then again, it's something that you can do from a distance. So we really focused on, on that. What's coming up, quite exciting. I think this is a bit of an exclusive. We are going to be running. We're sort of angling it as not the Christmas party. So <laughs> we're not going to try and do an online virtual Christmas party. You know, everyone's sitting there with a hat on and a drink on their own on their kitchen table. It's just, if you can't do them properly, don't do them at all. It would have been a horrible, horrible way to try and celebrate Christmas. So what we're saying is, look, the lockdown is really impacting people in lots of different ways. Inevitably, in December, people will do less exercise and they'll possibly drink too much and maybe eat too much and all these sorts of things. So what we're going to try and do, in the last week of November, we're doing very much the Not the Christmas Party. We're going to do a wellness week where across the two platforms, the Young Professionals Network and the OYLG, we're going to be running all sorts of different interactive events. We're going to have an IGTV, we're going to have a takeover, we're going to have a Zoom Pilates class. I think we even have one of our ambassadors going to be running you through a healthy Christmas recipe. So all sorts of stuff going on. There we go. There we go. And how about you, Nicola? What's in the pipeline and give people a bit of a, a flavour? Yeah, so there's been quite a lot education-focused events. So we've had some seminars on topics such as redundancy, helpful for both employment lawyers and perhaps our members in that position themselves. 
and events on contracts and navigating those in particular through the pandemic. We joined up with the Law Society's Lawyers with Disabilities Division and we hosted a roundtable with them in the summer and there's another one coming up on the 18th of November and that's focusing on getting people high up in law firms to get involved to hear from people as to what's actually needed for lawyers with disabilities, whether that's policy or just being aware for interviews or making sure that adjustments are made and just kind of breaking it down and making it simple and, you know, getting everyone collaborating to make everything more inclusive and fair. There'll be lots more education to come just because, you know, that's what we lend ourselves doing. And I think the networking side is slightly harder, like Ollie's saying, with getting everyone around on. And there are so many great platforms now that are doing really good, imaginative things with networking. You know, you can have your breakout rooms, you can have small little groups, but it just isn't the same, right? You know, we can all sit on, on our Zooms, but it's, it's not the same. Yeah. And I think the key for everyone perhaps looking and searching for ideas at the moment, you know, one of the big things I think is a poor factor of being part of these societies is the people you get to meet going to those events and getting to know their network of networks. So what tips would you give to people, not just with your respective societies, but how can people continue to get involved in legal societies to increase their networks in the current climate? What would you suggest to them? What do you think they should do to kind of take that step? Ollie? I don't know that there's much we could come up with out of the ordinary. All I'd say is, which is maybe a slight pivot on the answer, but it's even more important now to start following, to start engaging, to look out perhaps for mentor opportunities, to get involved with the events, to really engage with these organisations. Because I think more than ever, people are feeling alienated, aren't getting the support at work. There are so many people I talk to that aren't getting that oversight and support at work. And there certainly are people that are struggling with jobs and want to build their network, find new contacts, find new opportunities. So I don't know if there's a silver bullet in terms of new ways of doing it, getting involved. But I certainly think that it is more important than ever to try and see what these networks can offer you in terms of both keeping together with people, learning, educating and the networking. I guess slightly different for you, Nicola. I'm going to phrase it in a different way. You're a natural. We joke before you get into societies, then you get the top jobs, and this naturally happens for you. Let's say you weren't part of any societies right now, and you were just starting out. What would you do to take that step in the current climate? What would the Nicola do? A hard question. So I've actually been really impressed. I've actually had quite a few people just messaged me directly on LinkedIn asking me if I could spare a bit of time to talk to them just completely cold and I actually feel a little bit inspired by this to maybe reach out to other people so I think I would say if there is someone that you've seen that you want to speak to whether that be someone on a committee or someone that works in a firm that you're interested in if you can kind of justify why you want to speak to them you've done your research and you know that that's someone that you would otherwise be hoping to go for a coffee with or something. I think we now have a bit of an opportunity to reach out to people because people are not traveling, everyone's in one place. You're actually more likely to get a half hour, hour slot with someone. So I'd say just it's very simple, but really just use it as a bit of a unique moment in time where you could actually be a bit more confident than you might otherwise be. Okay, so definitely being proactive, putting yourself out there and you're feeling people might be slightly more receptive to that. I guess the big question, Ollie, 
is people probably listening in, tuning in, want to know how they can actually grow their legal networks. Whatever reason, maybe it might be for job opportunities, it might be for business development opportunities, career development opportunities, whatever it is. What would be some of your tips for them to grow their legal network? More difficult, admittedly, in the current climate, but certainly something that I always try. Whenever I have a catch up with someone, and actually I used to use this trick when I was going to events, but I think it works with your catch-ups over Zoom and all that sort of thing, your coffee catch-ups that people are doing at the moment virtually. But when I go to an event, I always try to bring someone along. So if I'm going to an event to meet someone, I think, right, who might that person within my network like to meet? And if you add one or two people, so then suddenly you create this snowball effect and you suddenly see your own network growing, growing, growing. So when you're going to meet someone, think, right, who else can I introduce to this person? And if you take that attitude along, as I say, you start to see the snowball effect. Yeah. Okay. And you've both talked about the benefits of social media, particularly during this time. And that's naturally going to be a key to networking. But how do you both feel about quantity versus quality when it comes to online connections and putting yourself out there? Nicola? Yeah, definitely quality first. And I actually got thinking when we were joking about what the topic was going to be and oh, legal networking and pandemics. I thought as much as it is still important to keep growing your network and to keep an eye on what's going on, you know, that matches up your particular interests within law, I think it's a great opportunity to actually reflect on your current network and to think, oh, actually, there are lots of people that I've met previously that just once maybe that all I've done is swap one LinkedIn message with them. Why don't we actually have a proper chat? Or even someone that you've known so long, they've actually become a friend. But when was the last time you actually checked in about what they're actually doing work-wise? So I was just talking to a friend last week. I met him through that like years ago. And he's changed jobs a couple of times. And I said to him last week, can you just tell me a bit about what you're doing at the moment? And it really was just out of interest. But then he's in the legal sphere, but not a lawyer. And I thought, that's actually a really good service. I'm going to bear that in mind. (laughs) And then we're accidentally networking. So I think, you need to really think, I'm so lucky that I've you know, met people over so many years now, but actually it's not always, improving your network isn't always expanding. Sometimes it's improving is you know, revisiting the contacts you already have and getting to know them better and getting better quality that way. Yeah, really, really well said. And Ollie, what would you say on that around sort of quantity versus quality? And, yeah, I, I would and second everything except that. The closer the group of contacts you have, really the better. So yes, you can spread your wings and try and get an article out on LinkedIn and get as many possible views as you can. But actually, what you may be better off doing, which again, what Nick was saying, is to reach out to who in my network might find this particular, you know, it's a breach of contract, big thing at the moment for teach lawyers, lots of contracts may reach. Who in the business world in my network might find this interesting? And actually, Focusing in on who might find it helpful, sending it directly to those five people and starting a conversation with them might well actually be you know, a better route than simply spread betting and getting it out there. It's a mix of both is the answer. <laughs> I love that. And what I'm drawing from both of those points is, you know, I think a lot of people may have a cold network and why not invest time to try to really warm and foster that relationship, that network to actually using a contact and turning it into a meaningful relationship. So I think For people definitely tuning in, you probably already are connected to or know of people. Think of creative, interesting ways that you can really enhance and foster those relationships forward. So yeah, thanks for that. Thank guys. Really, really good insight. 
the audience of this podcast is at the junior end. Like Nicola was saying there, OLG members that have been members for a while will know what Nicola means. You build friendships at these events. And if that happens in the first five years of your career, suddenly, by the time you're actually at a level where you need to start bringing work into the firm, you have a really solid foundation of people that you can really rely on, not just numbers on your LinkedIn, but people you actually talk to, people you engage with. So now is the time to do it. Yeah, really well said. And now we're going to go to some of the other questions that we had, which people asked before we went online. One of the big questions we received multiple times, actually, which is what are some of the absolute no-nos in terms of what not to do during a pandemic with regards to networking? Nicola? As I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be afraid to reach out to people. And the worst that can happen is that they just don't come back to you. But if someone does give you their time, then I would say make sure you have done your research and you've got a reason why. I think with Zoom especially, we might, you know, put that person on screen and then be expecting them to present, but they don't really know why they're there or you want to speak to them. So maybe include a little bit of detail in the message, but then when you speak to them, you don't need to have gone too forensic, but actually know why they're there and what's interested you about speaking to that person. So just, I think, still be courteous with your preparation and your research. Yeah, well said. And Ollie, how about you? What are some yeah, of the no-nos from your side? We are really talking about how to take that first step. And so it all leads, I think, from what Nick is saying. And it's the same point, but just one step on it. Do your research and pitch to the right level. So if you're looking to get training contracts somewhere, maybe don't go straight for a partner. <laughs> find the recent trainees, find the juniors, find someone that is maybe you might even be able to find on their LinkedIn that they've done a seat you're interested in. All of these different things really does. When you ask someone, you know, when you send that first message, you can see they've gone to the lengths of finding out which seats you've done and they maybe want to come into them. That's you're in. You've done the hard work already. People are going to be much more willing to give up their time if they show you really care and you've done research. Yeah. Okay. And another one of the questions we had in, which was asked by a few people as well, and maybe because, you know, it's a tough time at the moment. You know, we are going through a mental health crisis. We are experiencing extraordinarily unprecedented time. I hate that word. But why is it still important to dust yourself off and continue to network, particularly during a pandemic? Why should people bother, I guess, is my question. Nicola? Well, I mean, your career aims and your wishes, they all stay the same. And lawyers aren't sitting still. Everyone's continuing and trying to do very much. Again, another phrase which irritates us all, the business is a normal thing. But, you know, if these law firms are continuing, applications at all levels are continuing, you need to as well. You need to stay up to date. It's not quite as fun having the excuse to get away from your desk to go and learn about a piece of law or to go and network you know it is hard that everything is in the same place really but you just have to try and find ways to keep yourself going and to keep yourself interested and excited and to make sure that comes across whether that be when you're applying for a job or within a law society yeah no definitely and, and ollie agreed i'd make two points on that and it sort of touches on both of the elements you mentioned so the first reason to continue networking during these frankly ridiculous times that are so stressful for us all i've found it incredibly difficult through the lockdown i've had more work than i've ever had before i've been sat at my kitchen table i felt alienated distance you know it's been a really really difficult time and i want people to know that that other people are going through it Pretty much every junior lawyer I've spoken to has said they've had an awful time and they've really struggled. 
I felt better having chatted to some of my junior colleagues or chatted to people I know through through the networks to find out and to hear that other people are going through the same thing. So whether you call that networking or not, but it's speaking to people within my network and to find out that they're going through the same thing has really, in a strange way, reassured me and made me feel better. You know, I'm not in this alone. So that is one key reason to keep reaching out to people during lockdown pandemic. The second is we are all, and this doesn't add or this doesn't help with the first element, we all have slightly more pressure on our jobs at the moment. Everyone's aware of that. I don't care what firm you're at, what stage you're at. So it is now more than ever important to keep building your skills. So call it networking. You know, some of the events we run are obviously more educational than the ones we could talk about. Keep learning, keep building your skills and keep building that network. It's more important than ever to have a really firm, solid network that you can lean on in difficult times, which is where we are now and, and where we may be for a while. So it is absolutely more important than ever. Holly, we can definitely put talking to other people within our network down as networking because networking isn't just about contacts or winning business. It is mm. having a network there for various reasons. So I think the virtual camaraderie is so important that you mentioned because... We've always referred to it as the, the support network that yes. the LRG yeah, creates. Yeah, yeah. And the LRG is an inter-industry organisation. So it isn't necessarily all about commercial networking. A lot of it is about supporting others within the industry. Yeah, absolutely agree. Speaking to people in the industry isn't all about trying to win business. A lot of it can be about just continuing learning about the industry and supporting each other. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Right with you on both of those points. And we're just going to shoot to the, the Q&A box now because Louise Woods very kindly put in, how do you balance professionalism while showing personality when networking? Anything particular to avoid? Good. Ollie, this great is, question. This is a million dollar question and people take different approaches to this. I'm fairly relaxed. That isn't necessarily the right way of doing it. It isn't necessarily the wrong way of doing it. You've got to read the room. You've got to read the individual you're talking to. Sometimes there is a case for being extra formal. Sometimes you can just tell when you're in a group, whether they be potential clients or not, that they don't want the stiff lawyer. They're not acting in that way. They're not talking to you in that way. So if you respond as the stiff lawyer, perhaps you're not going to be able to build that contact, even when actually your real personality would have gone on very well. I think I answered that in the first bit. Read the room. You've really got to work out who you're talking to and think about the scenario because it depends on your personality and who you're talking to. So there's no definitive answer to that. Yeah. And Nicola, would you add a thing to that? Yeah, along those lines, really. I mean, I think you can still be yourself and you can still be friendly but you can still keep it professional. And part of our skill set as lawyers is to be adaptable. So I don't think you're necessarily letting yourself down if you perhaps act a little bit more formally when you first meet someone before you've had enough opportunity to judge the situation. And I think the personal touch can sometimes work. But in terms of a no, I suppose just make a fine line, particularly if meeting someone for the first time, between personal comments and personal touches and perhaps hobbies and things without going to personal into personal life. No chestnut, no politics, no religion. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. We've had another great question as well from the audience. I think Fundi Salvo, I hope I pronounced that correctly. How about networking for in-house lawyers? I'm staring at you here, Nicola. Any genuine recommendations? What would you say? 
No, I think everyone's getting better at realising that in-house lawyers are such a huge part of the profession now. And I personally found it so important continuing to network whilst being in-house lawyer for five years. So although we've got different reasons for networking, like we've touched on, we've got the camaraderie, we've got the knowledge. Sometimes it is about contacts business. I think generally in-house plays on um, sort of the support and keeping up to date with the law. So I would say definitely still feel that you can join your local law society. They are still for you. And they're probably very keen to hear from in-house lawyers to make sure it is more inclusive and representative and, you know, to shy away from it being too much about business. There is so much to a law society and what they want to offer. So just reach out to a local law society, either just to attend the events or see, is there a committee position? Is there something you can get involved with? Could you start an in-house division within that law society? Or is there an existing committee where you could bring your in-house expertise? Yeah, really, really good insight. Thanks for that. And Ollie, I know obviously from a slightly private practice perspective with the LYLG, you have lots of private practice and in-house lawyers. Is there any sort of themes or anything else you would add to that around sort of networking for in-house lawyers that you would? Kind well, of- I think that was hitting the nail on the head for all in-house lawyers out there. Remember, you are still massively part of the community, the legal community. Just because you don't sit in a glass tower on Bishopsgate, you know, you are still part of the community and do stay involved for all of those other reasons we mentioned, the support side. Yeah. And as we mentioned, we have a wide range of audiences that listen to the podcast, but we do have a a sort of younger following as well. We've got another great question in what top tips would you give for networking as a law student? Nicola? I suppose it depends whereabouts you are in terms of knowing what you want to do. But I suppose I'll go back to being well-researched and knowing roughly what sort of area you want to go into eventually. So if you get to speak to somebody in real life or virtually and you say, oh, I'm really interested in doing employment law, I'm really interested in family law, that person then might say, okay, great, why? And you need to be prepared to actually engage with them because now you have an opportunity. Maybe you could get some work experience. Maybe they might have a contact that you could speak to in that particular area. So I think, again, just if you're getting opportunities and getting to go to things, you don't have to have all answered, but I think you could have a few areas that you've researched and you want to know why so that you can ask good quality questions and take opportunities to have a productive conversation. Yeah, no, definitely. And Holly, what would you say? Yeah, I guess as a student, throw yourself as much as you can at the industry. Talk to everyone you can about it, because I think at at that stage, what the most important thing is to really understand what the industry entails. And that doesn't necessarily mean a week's work experience somewhere, but just keep talking to people, keep trying to get a feel for what the industry means, because it's so important to really understand it that beyond what you see on suits it is completely different get a really good feel for it as nick was saying do use any contacts you have i always say this other people are going to don't be high and mighty about it if your uncle's brother was a lawyer once get a week with them you know go and sit with them go to court whatever you can throw yourself at the industry the other thing again uh, on the point we made earlier that network is not just about building those contacts. As a student, your network is not about bringing business to a firm, of course. It goes without saying. So what's your aim? If your aim is to DLPC, how to get a training contract, 
you are in such a fortunate position these days because there are so many materials out there and so many people offering help and advice. So go out there, use social media. For students more than any other level, social media is a goldmine. Listen to people like Rob and his team. Get on Instagram. Sign up to some of the updates, the business updates, all these sorts of things. There is so much material that's out there. There's um, a lot to help you these days, even compared to when I was applying for training contracts four, five, six years ago, whenever it was, you know, not a million years ago, there is a lot out there. So do, do get on social media and get a look. Just to add, in case it's not clear, both the groups, the London Young Lawyers Group and Westminster Home and Law Society, as with, I should think, most local law societies, they are actually open to law students. So don't be afraid to get involved already. There will be some events that are targeted to particular groups. And there will be things that are for people later in their career, for example, we run events on people looking to the judiciary. So maybe something like that isn't appropriate. You're welcome to join the society as a whole. And both organisations do actually run frequent events on how to get a training contract. So there are law students and aspiring lawyers are very much in our mind. And I didn't actually realise that until I was probably qualified that I would have actually been welcome earlier on and didn't realise. So please get in touch with if it's us or whoever your local site is. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the best things we would ever see, and I think Nick and I both agree about this, the best things we'd ever see are beloved in-person events, which I'm sure will come back soon, was when you would see a student maybe speaking to a trainee or an NQ and just really asking, you know, that conversation is one of the reasons why the LYLG exists, you know, and it's so great to see. And that leads very, very nicely on to our next question, actually, from Gabrielle Coates, who said, how can you add value to the conversation when the person you are networking with has more experience and knowledge than you? And also, how do you make a genuine connection with someone via LinkedIn, as it can sometimes feel very artificial and repetitive? So let's probably, I'll take the first part of the question to you, Ollie, and then maybe the second part of the question to you, Nicola. So the first part, Ollie, how can you add value to basically someone who knows a lot more than you, or you believe knows a lot more? Believe, yeah, it, it is difficult. So, so I guess it depends which scenario you're in. So as a trainee, you may well be asked to go to all of your firm's events and just be there because they want bodies, they want to show how great the firm is. So this is something that happens to all trainees. You know, you get traipsed into the boardroom with lots of clients of the firm and people who are incredibly intimidating and lots of partners. And you sort of want to stand in the corner and not talk because you're worried someone's going to ask you about a really fine area of law. But in my experience, that isn't the case. So be bold, have those conversations. I don't think anyone expects you as a junior, as a trainee, to start certainly not giving advice on the evening. So don't be shy of where you stand in terms of your knowledge, if that's the scenario. I don't think anyone's expecting anything else. There's always the option to try and lead the conversation in a direction you would prefer it to be. But don't be shy and don't not have conversations with people because that's maybe holding you back because I think you'll find that people aren't expecting that from you. If they're a mid-40s, they're not going to be expecting a trainee to be talking about the ins and outs of a particular area at all. As a junior, maybe as a student or something looking for the training contract, well, again, it's a given. Just soak up the information. Don't try and pretend it's a two-way thing. No, really, really real well said. And Nicola, on to the LinkedIn point. I think this is a really great question. How do you make a genuine connection with someone via LinkedIn that doesn't sound so artificial or repetitive that they're the hundredth person maybe they've messaged that day? Yeah, it is a bit of an art. And well, I'd say 
don't message 100 people. <laughs> it looks easy, copy and paste, definitely not. Don't make it too long and don't make it too basic. It would be good if you had some background. I think we can be slightly unforgiving when we're inundated with emails, um, through messages on LinkedIn to sell us something which if they looked at our profile, would clearly never be something that we would ever be in the market for, just blanket messaging. If someone tries to sell me something that I'm just simply not interested in, that's very different. But when it comes to just person-to-person communication, they're just interested in you and they'd like to know more from you, whether that's swapping email addresses and if they could ask you a few questions or if they could give you a little bit of their time, like I said. I think you just need a few specific points as to why that person's of interest and why you'd like to speak to them. Tailor it, basically. If there was a specific question on a specific topic or something that you've worked on or an article you've written, suddenly there's a link there. There's an actual response that someone can really give you that's going to be helpful. But if the question's too broad, people aren't going to engage. Really, really valid point. I'm just thinking back to myself. If someone asked me a really specific question to something that I'm involved with, I'm more likely to give a response to that than just some general sort of widespread message that's gone out to lots and lots of people. And the only thing I would add to that as well is like you're saying, Nicola, if you're going to send a message to someone, show a real interest in them. So if they actually put an article out there, make sure that you've read it and you can maybe ask an interesting question connected to that article or that piece of content, or if they've made that career move in-house from private practice, what sparked that move or whatever it would be, but showing a real interest in them is a great, great way to ensure you get a better response. And another great question on the chat box. So what networking opportunities would you suggest for junior lawyers looking to develop their own business outside of the traditional legally focused events? Another great question. So Nicola, put you on the spot. That was <laughs> to be <laughs> Those are really, really good questions and, and tricky ones to answer. Yeah, they're, they're far too good for all of us, really. <laughs> but, yeah, Nicola, what would you say in all seriousness, you know, networking opportunities, junior lawyers who perhaps looking to develop their own business outside of typical events, what could they they look at doing the law networking is a good comfortable place to sort of test it out from that then you might get invited to other networking i suppose it depends on what type of business you might be going for but there's so many things out there you're bound to meet someone who could perhaps introduce you so for example in westminster area there are lots of different business networking groups so perhaps you could meet a lawyer that would introduce you to those they could be sort of technology focused or they could be to do with retail. So I think if you do do enough kind of asking around, you'll eventually sort of get put in touch with the right people. It's very, it's a very powerful thing once you start and once you have ideas and once you want to talk to people, you'd be surprised at just talking and just learning and attending as much as possible who is actually within your wider network. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And, and Ollie, what would you say some sort of alternative ideas? Exactly. I felt very similar, not necessarily looking to my own business, but I got to a stage in my career where I started thinking, okay, the LYLG offers so much in terms of the development, creating a base in the industry, that sort of thing, but I want to be networking with other industries. And that was actually one of the founding thoughts behind the London Young Professionals Network, which is a network of, at the moment, nine different member organizations from different industries And because I saw that there was just a vast gap in the market for 
event for people at the junior end. You know, there's the, the big the London Chamber of Commerce that run big events with lots of different people. But again, you have that issue, which we touched on earlier, that you turn up as a junior at those events and feel a bit out of place. What we wanted to do at the LYPN was to offer cross-industry networking for juniors. So my answer would be follow the LYPN, look out for events and come along. Yeah. And as I seem to be known very much, everyone calls me the podcast person. Get on podcast, you know, get yourself out there. I think the big thing around developing business is ultimately developing your personal brand. So yes, attending events and being part of societies. But if you actually feel confident enough, go and get yourself on a podcast, start producing content that's valuable to your audience, and you will automatically see more inbound people, clients observing you, looking at you, looking to hopefully engage with you at some stage. So I'd strongly encourage you to really focus on your own personal brand and and getting yourself out there and getting out of your comfort zone. Okay, a couple of questions before we wrap up, which is, this is again, it's quite a tough question. In terms of online networking, has there been anything, I guess, you've managed to do from a non-digital perspective regarding networking during this pandemic, or you think you might have in the pipeline, Ollie? So non-digital, quite difficult. <laughs> yeah, what would you say yeah, to that? So I've uh, kept to the rules, of course. But no, I have found, depending on where you stand, where we've been, you know, throughout the time, rules have gone up and down and up and down and up and down. But I, I have managed to sit outside at one period. I had a really good catch-up with the head of the Next Generation Insurance Network because the rules at, at that point, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where you couldn't meet outside of your family, but you could if you were sitting outside. So. We just went for it. We said, you know what? Wrap up warm. It's the middle of October, whenever it was. We're going to have a coffee. And we sat outside. I have tried to tic-tac with colleagues. So my office is open. You can go if you want to. You you obviously don't have to. At the moment, obviously, the advice is to to stay at home where at all possible. But during the sort of intervening time where the rules have been slightly more relaxed, I have tried to make sure I text a few people before I'm going to the office to say, what days are you going in to some of the juniors so that I can have that time at work, either back and forth about work, about the claims we're working on, or to have that coffee, reminiscent in the kitchen, and really talk about how you're feeling and how things are going. So yeah, plan ahead and see if you can, within the rules, come up with ideas. You know, If you are going to the office once a week only or whenever it is in the next few months, see who's around, see if you can link your days up with someone else maybe. Yeah, great stuff. And anything you would add to that, Nicola, before we wrap up? I don't know if this is cheating slightly, but I think it's been quite funny to realise that we seem to have forgotten about good old-fashioned phone calls. Everyone seems to always be arranging to go onto Zoom. And sometimes that fits in with your day and that's fine. Or sometimes that can actually seem like part of it's of hassle. So I think I'd just say, don't forget that you could just pick up the phone and speak to someone either prearranged or just to catch up with them. So don't forget that we did just call each other before the Zoom world. Really good point. And I I would actually put my hand up and say, maybe I've fallen guilty at times of of, of that as well. I'm just not picking up the phone and relying too much on digital. So that's a really valid point. Thank you both so much, Nicola and Ollie, for joining us today on our first ever live 
hope you both have enjoyed it. It's been an absolute pleasure welcoming you back, having you back on. If people want to get in touch with either of you about anything they've discussed today, what's the best way for them to do that? Ollie? LinkedIn for me personally. Uh, keep an eye out for the networks on at London Young Lawyers or at London Young Professionals. You can DM those and all sorts. So that, yeah, you'll find us lots and lots of ways. Good stuff. And Nicola? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is quite an easy one where you can get the messages and be expecting those sorts of contacts. And do you have a look on the social media of Westminster and Hoburn? And if you've got any questions or want to get involved in committees and things, let me know. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much once again. This is something new for bonus content, insights and tips from us, our guests. You can now sign up to our brand new Legally Speaking mailing list. So sign up via our Legally Speaking website, which is just www.legallyspeakingpodcast.com. We'll also link it in the description along with this amazing episode. But thank you very much once again for joining us, Nicola and Ollie. But for now, over and out. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We're being made to say happy birthday, so that's a win in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Bye, guys.